Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. Live on SEN Track, Latrobe Valley 91.9 FM. And SEN Track, Southwest Gippsland 91.3 FM. Welcome to Saturdays in Gippsland. Yeah, big good morning Gippsland on a, well, an indifferent day. We're seven days down the road from what was a perfect Saturday morning <coughs> here in Wonthaggy. Rob Popplestone and the big man Sam Watson talking sport for Gippslanders as we do every Saturday morning between 9 and 11 and as we do every single Saturday morning for Harvey Norman Wonthaggy. Got a big Sammy, how are you going? Yeah, good thanks Poppy, how are you? Yeah, look, I'm going okay. It's been a busy couple of days. I'm still a bit croaky. We've been busy at the Sale Greyhound Club yep. and everything's starting to get a bit of momentum, whether it's work or sport or whatever you might be doing. All of a sudden, the world is starting to feel familiar, almost like it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, 100% <clears throat> capacity back at uh, football ovals all over the country. It's been amazing. You know, I just wrote down a few things over the last few years. Uh, you know, we got used to the climate change protests and the Black Lives Matter protests. We've suffered a pandemic. In fact, Gippsland had a tsunami warning. That's how bad we were going in recent years. We've had floods. We've had fires. World War Three is just about to break out. Mm. But it's all going to be okay because AFL is only a couple of weeks away. Yeah, there's uh, <laughs> not not too many concerns about what's going on in, in Europe, despite it is a it is a tragedy. It but, is, yeah. Uh, but footy is certainly footy talk is certainly ramping up, especially with the practice matches this week. Yeah, we'll go through some of those too. But I'm really ha- looking forward to having a chat with Ben Ainsworth, uh, who's up there at the Gold Coast. They had a, a nice result yesterday, and. Look, I really love this guy, Brett Lovett, uh, the former Melbourne champion. Many might not know that he started his career at Hawthorne. Could not get into what was probably one of the best sides in the history of AFL in that mid-80s, wasn't it? A side that would go on to beat him in the 1988 grand final by, I think, 94 or 96 points. Yeah. That Hawthorne side, you know, you compare it to probably the Brisbane triple premiership side. I reckon those two stand out to me. Uh, without the knowledge of seeing what the Demons were in the 50s. But yep. that Hawthorne side, you go through it now, the Gary Ayres. What about the Pies? What about the Pies that won four in a row, Rob? They, they must have been it, pretty handy. It always goes back <laughs> to the Pies, doesn't it? It always goes back to the Magpies. Well, and yeah. speaking about the Magpies and the Hawks, as we just were, they had a bit of a result yesterday here in Gippsland. 141 all at Morewell Recre- Recreation Reserve. So we were discussing that it, the, the game went six periods, not quarters, six periods. And I'm, I'm scratching my head and thinking, where did these periods come well, into play? Be, you, can't be, you can't have four quarters. Well, you can have four quarters, but you can't have six I quarters. I mean, you can't have six quarters. So, yeah, yeah. Which, uh, and I accept that as, as, a, as a reason for calling it a period. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd never heard uh, football, you know, when, even when we used to play, you'd say, oh, we played six quarters. Yeah. Which, well, that doesn't really make sense. It doesn't, does it? No. So, so I accept that. Uh, what did make sense was the fact that, gee, I tell you what, Hawthorne are a good side. The way they played out the last two periods. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, pretty happy with how the team in black and white went early on. And Jamie Allett was showing some really good signs early, right. kicking five goals. He was obviously uh, enjoying the conditions at Morwell. Yeah. So, so the first four periods, Collingwood had their A team on. Mm-hmm. And then ran some juniors, I'm guessing, in the last two periods. Is that the way it rolled out? Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, uh, today's show, Paul Amy, who is he? Well, he's a young guy from Wonthaggy. No, he's a journalist, sorry. He's, yep. a, he's, a, he's a journalist with Leader Newspaper. Yes. So he's, he started, we're out the front of the South Gippsland Sentinel Times. Yep. This is where he earned his stripes. Yes. And he'll be joining us t- today to talk about the latest Wonthaggy cricketer that will debut for Dandenong in Victorian Premier Cricket. There's, there's been quite a few Yes. Uh, over the past 30 or so years, and they've all been very successful. So... We'll have a chat to him about Jarvis Harvey, who will be debuting, who's only 16 years old, nephew of Ian Harvey, the freak. Okay, wow. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be great to chat to him. Freak and, Junior. Yeah, and see what, what he thinks Jarvis can achieve. Mini freak. That's it. Uh, at Yarram Football Club is our focus this week. Now, Yarram have been an unbelievably successful club over the over the journey, haven't they? They have. They have in, now in the North Gippsland Football Netball League, and they're always in premiership contention. Um, and it'll be great to chat to Anthony about how they're travelling along this year, but it'd be also good to get his take on how the AFL is uh, helping support country football clubs this season. Now, talking about country football clubs, Bo Vernon, who coaches Phillip Island, Premiership coach at Lee and Gather, of course, will have our chat, our regular chat with Bowen. Probably one of the things we want to talk about is the AFL's crackdown on umpire abuse. And I wonder, because I don't know this, the answer to this question, I wonder how, what sort of emotional being he is on a Saturday afternoon? Does he get frustrated? Does mm-hmm. he get... Uh, does he get... Uh, uh, Colourful. Colourful. Colourful is a nice, a nice word. The exact word I was looking for. Does Bo Vernon get colourful on the... Because some coaches can sit there mm. and just take it all in and other coaches get all emotional yep. and need to voice their disapproval at various things throughout the course of the afternoon. So, Bo Vernon, we're going to have a chat with Bo as well. Hey, do you want, are we going to go through the results from yesterday? Oh, are we, we going to do it now? Yeah, we can if you want. Maybe. Uh, yeah, it's up to yeah. you. All right. Yeah, yeah. That, that sounds good. Yeah. Brisbane uh, playing at Metricon Stadium before the Gold Coast took the field there. They defeated Adelaide 137-49. to 49. Ooh, oh. So um, those who thought Adelaide might make finals like yourself yes. might be yeah. uh, double-guessing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, might might yeah. be second-guessing themselves second, here. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, That's not a good result. No, but you, you, can't, know what? you can't read too much no, into yeah, bracket. And, and this is the problem. At this time of the year, the fact is pe- clubs do want to get results. Now... In that big loss, they may have got what they were looking for. They may have tried people in different areas, young kids given a go. They may have learnt something. They say that you only ever lose if you don't learn. Now, I'm hoping they learnt a hell of a lot on the back of that result. Well, yeah, they've been doing a fair bit of learning over the last yeah, couple have. of years since yeah. that. Uh, since a lot of those players went out the door from that grand final side. Uh, Gold Coast then took the field after them and they defeated Port Adelaide, which is a really good result for the Suns. That is a good result, actually. Um, obviously playing at home, but Port Adelaide are going to be one of the flag contenders again, you would have thought. And Ben Ainsworth was playing in that game uh, against... Uh, and also Sammy Flanders, another Gippsland okay. boy, and against Xavier Dersma. Another. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see if they uh, came across each other at all on the field. And then, as we touched on, Collingwood drew with Hawthorne in their six-period game at Morwell Recreation Reserve. And how good is it to see the AFL taking these games to yeah, regional it. areas? Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. Well done to both sides. Well done to the AFL. Uh, what other results? Do we have any other results? I think Carlton, uh, during the course of the week, had a they win. Did. They did. I defeated. mean, they're talking finals already now. Yeah, they're um, always the March premiers, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> February premiers. Um, yeah, they defeated St Kilda by seven points. So, uh, uh, from all reports, the Carlton looked really good. Um, seven, they're probably a little bit better um, side than St Kilda that seven points would suggest. But, yeah, the Blues, they're 
Chera was very impressive. Cripps, people think Cripps is going to get back to his best under uh, Vossi. So I hope so. We'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see, but... Promising signs if you're a Blues fan. Yeah, let's hope so. Hey, Saturdays in Gippsland is what you're listening to on SEN Track 91.3. And in Southwest Gippsland and 91.9 SEN Track Leptro Valley. You can also listen live on the SEN app and at sen.com.au. Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. Rob Popplestone, Sam Watson, Talking Sport. will be back talking football with Ben Ainsworth, the champ from the Gold Coast. An advantage. Can he leverage the advantage? Ainsworth, he ran, he aimed, he fired, and he hits the targets. And the Suns aren't going away. At the forward handball, if he wanted it, goes to the pass option instead inside 50. Might still work. Ainsworth back into the lineup this week and back amongst the goals. In the grandstand thought, and worked out for Gold Coast anyway. How well is this guy moving? Ben Ainsworth putting on a clinic tonight. Oh, what a kick! Is this one. Yeah, one of Gippsland's great footballers uh, making his mark in the AFL up there on the Gold Coast uh, is Ben Ainsworth, who joins us this morning on Saturdays in Gippsland. Hey, Ben, how are you going? Good, thanks, lads. How are you? Yeah, going really well. How'd you pull up from yesterday's match? Yeah, not too bad. It was a nice little hit out. Um, good to get some uh, cobwebs out, and um, yeah, it was a good hit out. Uh, what was it, what's your pre season been like, Ben? I, I know the results don't matter a whole lot, but I would have thought Port Adelaide might have had the edge on you. They've got a, a lot of depth and they've been up the top of the AFL ladder for quite a number of years, but you guys must be putting it all together quite nicely. Yeah, I think we um, yeah we did, we, we did pretty well yesterday. Um, I think a power of work's been done over the, over the off-season and the pre-season collectively and um, blokes have gone away and worked on what they needed to and um, yesterday was just like a starting point for the season ahead. So, um, yeah, it was good to get the hit out yesterday against Port Adelaide. So Stewie Jew's been uh, in charge for a little while now. Has much changed over that journey for, for yourself and for Stu and for the team? Um, a little bit. I think in the last couple of years, especially just focusing on my role and um, being able to nail what I do down forward rather than focusing on um, going up into the midfield and whatnot. So um, just clarity on my role and um, how I can help the team um, best go forward in the future. I always love seeing players from Latrobe Valley, Sammy and Ben. You know, you, you you play footy on a weekly basis and you play for fun, and all of a sudden you find yourself good at the game, and all of a sudden <laughs> AFL sides are after you. And, and what was a game becomes a profession. How have you transitioned from you know playing with your mates on a Saturday afternoon to all of a sudden playing as a full time professional and hey, every week being absolutely crucial? You still get the enjoyment out of the game that you did as a kid. Yeah, absolutely, and I think. Um yeah, I had some good mates growing up uh, playing the game. That's why, I, that's why I actually do play it. So, yeah, um, definitely, definitely still have some mates up here though. Um, especially being up in the Gold Coast, like you sort of have to make a family and friends away from home. So, um, playing with some uh, pretty close mates at the moment, and um, yeah, cherishing every moment. So, yeah, absolutely loving it, mate. Yeah, as you, as you said there, Ben, you grew up uh, yeah at, at Morwell uh, and played footy for Morwell. Um, how how difficult was it, do you think, to to go from playing more well in Gippsland Power and then all of a sudden you're you're on the Gold Coast? Like was it was it a tough decision when you were when you found out you were gonna a tough sorry, mindset that you had to go into when you found found out that you were gonna be drafted there? Uh, not really. I was I was pretty happy to go anywhere. Um, on draft night I remember pretty pretty clearly. Um, but yeah, when Gold Coast put my name out it was actually pretty exciting, so 
Um, we've had some tough times in the past, but transitioning-wise, it was fine, and um, they've done a fantastic job in the last couple of years um, in transitioning blokes from the draft up to the Gold Coast. So um, it's a little bit different to Maul. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm stoked to be up here on the Gold Coast. <laughs> And, and just before you got drafted, Ben, you had a, a dominant bottom age year for Gippy Power and, and Vic Country that saw you earn a spot in the under-18s All-Australian side. And, and then you, you were presented a few hurdles in your top age year with, with some injuries. How, how tough were they to overcome? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty spot on. I think in my bottom age year, I was, I was really enjoying my footy and um, on the back of that, just performing. Um, and then in my top age year, as you said, had some struggles with injury and a few other things, but um, I just had, yeah, had to focus on what I could control. And um, in that top age year, I, I just knew um, if I just stuck to my strengths um, and was able to play multiple games and perform, um, I'd be able to have my best chance of getting drafted in an AFL club. And um, yeah, I had its challenges, but at, still at the same time, I, as you said before, just playing with mates and um, enjoying my footy. So I absolutely loved every second of it. And, yeah, you obviously did well enough getting selected with the fourth pick overall. How, how do you think you, you handled the pressure of, of being a high draft pick in your first few years? Or do you think because there's so many at the Gold Coast that it was a pretty seamless transition? Um, yeah, I, it, again, it had its challenges. Um, there's always going to be that pressure of uh, being a top five or a top ten pick. But at the end of the day, it's pretty cliche. Um, you don't... Yeah, it doesn't really matter where you get picked. It's, it's, as soon as you walk in the fo- um, in the door um, at an AFL football club, it's every, every man for themselves in terms of fighting for, for position. So, um, yeah, as soon as I walked in the door, I, I knew there was head down, bum up, um, ready to fight for a spot. So, um, yeah, that's probably how I saw it. I reckon that this time of the year, Benny, there's there's probably most clubs feel as though they they're a chance at finals, and and, and so they should. Gold Coast have promised a bit, delivered a bit, showed signs for a bit, and I, I don't reckon it's going to take much to take that next step. You always get the feeling they're just about ready. What's your feeling about 2022? Yeah, yeah, super confident of 2022. I think in past years, um, we started the season, or the pre-season games very well, and then the season very well, and then we're not able to hold on. So this year, it's um, we're focusing on longevity and um, peaking at the right times. And yeah. um, as you say, um, playing finals. Um, that's our ultimate goal. And um, I think we've done all the right things in the pre-season, off-season. Um, individual blokes have, as I said earlier, gone and worked on things that they need to. And um, us as a collective, I think we're connected as ever. And um, I think this year will be um, a lot, a lot better and a lot more connected. Yeah, it's, it's a good point you make because you've got, you know, a, a group of really talented players, but they've been young and talented. And I reckon, you know, that three or four years doing hard work, building up some really, uh, resilience, understanding, you know, the peaks and troughs you get in footy, it makes all the difference, gives you a good grounding. And I, you get the feeling the foundation's there. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, I think Joey mentioned the other day in one of our meetings, like the blokes that have... Uh, been seen to play 20, 30, 40 games and now up to 60, 70, 80 games. So um, we've got some experience under our belt now and uh, blokes have played at the highest level for a period of time. And um, I think our time's now to sort of put the foot on the gas and um, make our pledge for the finals. And um, whether it not be this year, it'll definitely be in the next couple of years. Now, Ben, going to uh, the season last year, you were, you were dropped ahead of round 10, I believe, and you eventually found your way back into the senior side and were in 
red-hot form. How, how do you think that little uh, stint in the reserves helped your football progression, mate? Yeah, I, I spoke to Dewey the other day about that um, that actual time, and uh, at the time I was I was pretty disappointed and upset at myself in terms of how I'd let my football go to that time of the season. And, um, to be honest, it was actually a blessing in disguise being dropped to the twos. And, um, I spoke with a few coaches at the time last year, and um, it was just about getting back to um, enjoying my football and just playing off instinct um, as I did in the junior junior days. So. Um, yeah, I did that, and when I come back into the side, I felt like I had a presence about me and um, was able to play my best footy. So trying to take that momentum and uh, that thought process that I had later in the year to this year, I guess. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Stuart Dew quite a bit. You were coached by Rodney Ede in your first year. What was it like playing under Rocket? Yeah, I actually really liked Rocket. Rocket was um, <clears throat> it was a bit of an old-school coach, but at the same time um, had that care about him and... Um, yeah, he was really good, so I got along with him pretty well. But as you know, football clubs um, like to move on with the times. and um, Yeah, but I, I really like Lots Rocket. And, and on the topic of coaches, there's been quite a bit of talk back here in Victoria about the potential of, an, of a new Gold Coast coach. How much do, do the, does the playing group and the coaching staff pay any attention to the noise from Victoria about the Gold Coast? Or is it a pretty... Uh, do you keep things in-house pretty, pretty tight? Yeah, no, we don't really pay attention too much. Um, I don't think we actually get too much uh, Aussie rules up here, mate. I think it's NRL mostly. But, um, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, no, but we're, we're focused on solely what we can control and um, that's playing to the best of our ability this year and focused on trying to make our first finals case. So um, we're back to in all the way and as we do for the, for the whole playing group as well. Yeah, exactly right. So if we're to look ahead to the next 20-odd games, who are the sort of players that you feel as though you know, might take that next step? Uh, what players that we probably hadn't heard of down here are, are looking as though they might, yeah, m- might have an impact? Well, I think an obvious one is Matty Rao. Um, yeah. Might have had like an up and down season last year with injury at the start of the year and um, then get finding, back, uh, finding his feet back. Um, but yeah, he's had a terrific pre-season, off-season and um, showed some signs yesterday and um, a few new recruits have actually showed some signs. Um, Mar- Marby Ochoa, um, Levi Casbolt definitely played well in preseason, and then yesterday as well. And um, one for mine who I played pretty closely with is um, Darcy McPherson down forward. I think he's had a terrific preseason, and um, he's played sixty or seventy odd games now. So um, we're all in that period there. So ready to ready to fire off now. <laughs> we uh, we chatted to Sammy Flanders, a Fish Creek boy, on this show last year. How's he been going, Benny? Yeah, Sammy's really good. Um, he's he's definitely fighting for a spot as we all are. Um, but he, he's been terrific. He's, he's one of the most professional at the club um, in terms of his preparation. Um, everything he does away from the club is, is, is top-notch. Um, yeah. So if he can just um, get a few games together and continuity in his football, he's going he's to go a long way in his career. Yeah. Hey, every player, when the contract's running up, they, they, need, they need to find something. They need to find something. So I reckon that you need to find something this year. What are you thinking into this year? You're at a contract with the Gold Coast. You'd want to stay there. You'd want to. You'd want to continue the journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely want to prove prove myself this year. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm out of contract for that. Again, I can't control that. I can just no. control what I can control on the football field. And um, yeah, hopefully, uh, pledge my case to have a couple more years up here, mate. I'm loving it. Yeah. 
And, and just lastly, before we let you go, Ben, who's, who's going to fill the role of Ben King after his uh, tragic ACL injury a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, um, I'd probably say Marge and Levi Casbolt, um, as well as Josh Colbert um, down forward, as, as well as Jack Lacocious, he didn't play yesterday, but um, he, he's had some time down back on the wing in his first few years of AFL footy, but I think he's going to move down forward this year and play a pivotal role for us, so um, that'll be good to see. And yeah, sorry, just one more. How, how good was it to see uh, football being played at your old home ground in, in Morwell yesterday? Yeah, no, it was good. Um, it, was, it was good to see. I, I spoke to a few mates back home who went to the actual game, and um, the, the ground was in pristine condition, as always. Um, but yeah, I used to live with Jack Scrimshaw, actually, um, up here while, he's, while he was at the Suns, and he played his first game down at Morwell yesterday. So he was telling me how good it was. So <laughs> in good form. Yeah, no, we're pretty excited about it, mate. Excited for you too. Uh, all the best, Benny. I hope, I hope this year delivers for you personally and for the uh, team. And we'll be looking from afar and wishing you all the best. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for having me. Good, good on you, mate. Thanks, ben, ben Ainsworth there. Uh, grew up in Morwell, played for the Morwell Tigers, making uh, a career with the Gold Coast Suns. And uh, at that 70-game-ish mark, he's, he, like his team, is ready to take the next step. They've been good. But they need to be better, and you get the feeling better's sort of closer than it's ever been. I hope so. I really do hope so. You know, it, they've got yeah. a lot of a lot of likable players, and, and we love Stewie Dew as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. And you know, even last year, uh, they showed glimpses against good sides, and and they were winning games that you didn't think they might be able to win. Mm-hmm. But they're the sort of signs that if they can if they can get them, you know, momentum's a great thing in sport. We all know that. Yep. But if a side can get momentum and belief, it's 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 that two or three games that you win that you normally might not yep. that make the difference between you playing finals and not. And all they need is just one good year and the momentum can build. They can all of a sudden become a team that people aren't looking at and going, oh, when are these guys finally going to make finals? Because it it'll, it'll go on to the next season, the momentum yeah. as well. And that all said, guess what you need too? A bit of luck. You do. And Ben King going down so early is bad luck. And you don't need that mm. at this time of the year because it can actually have the impact of sucking you know, the confidence out of a whole squad. So how they, the fact that they beat Port Adelaide in that game actually gives me a bit of belief that they might be better than they even know. I hope so, Rob. Oh, yeah, I hope so. Hey, talking about better than they even know, Brett Lovett was uh, a bloke that was better than probably he thought he might be given a, a period of time at Hawthorne before he became a Hall of Famer at the Melbourne Demons. And Brett Lovett will be catching up with us soon. Saturdays in Gippsland on SEN Track 91.3 Southwest Gippsland and 91.9 SEN Track Lepro Valley. It's Poppy and Swatter. Rob Popplestone and Sam Watson talking sport. Saturdays in Gippsland. We'll be doing more of it after this break. Yeah, Saturdays in Gippsland with Rob Popplestone and Sam Watson talking sport. Hey, one of the things during the course of the week that I read with interest was that crust pizza has gone from footy. They're taking away the pizza from MCG. Uh, you know, they're taking away some of the junk food. They want to have more healthy food. You know, the old, yeah, the old football meat pies, Holden Cars and Kangaroos has become football, fruit salad, Hyundai and Kangaroos. So things are changing slowly. But I tell you what, I, I can't imagine going to the footy and wanting a fruit salad. I can't imagine going to the footy and wanting, you know, a spaghetti bolognese. Mm. It, it's all about a bit of pizza, a pie, a beer, isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, I've got a few years on you. I think but that, oh, I, I agree, but there'll still be there'll, there'll still be some available. It's just they're just going in a more gourmet direction. 
There's gonna... a, there's, you know what? I reckon footy's the only sport in the world that has the amazing amount of changes every single year, whether it's on the field or off the field. Mm. If you look at uh, sports like basketball or, or soccer or, you know, or, or football, the world game, mm. and compare it to AFL, you don't hear many rule changes nah. <laughs> in is... most sports except for AFL. You're exactly right. And, and how often... Like, I don't. Yeah, I agree. Out of all, I follow quite a few sports pretty closely, and out of all of them, uh, AFL certainly certainly the most debate about how to interpret the rules. Yes. In AFL, I, I don't know. Like, it is a very tough game to officiate. Oh no question. But I, I think the umpires, and we're going to speak a little bit later about how the umpires, the AFL, are cracking down on umpire abuse from players. They, they don't help the umpires by changing the rules every two minutes. No, they don't. And, you know, it's an interesting thing because, you know, the, the feeling is it doesn't matter if my intent to you is to... If I say something, it's, it's how you feel about what I say mm-hmm. is all that matters. So I could say something to you and say, you know, get a stretch or something like that. And you could be offended by that because, yeah. you know, it's because uh, you're taller than you want to be. Oh, look, I don't know. Yeah, we can get into this a little bit later. Uh, and, I, and I'm going to delve a bit deeper into I reckon, this. and Bo Vernon's the, the bloke that uh, gives... I, I like Bo Vernon's, you know, take on most things in footy. So we'll talk about, uh, again, the AFL cracking down on another area of football that frustrates us before round one even starts. We'll take a break. I need a break on Saturdays in Gippsland, Borough Popplestone and Sam Watson. We're going to be back talking with one of the greats of AFL, a Hall of Famer from Melbourne, Brett Lovett. It's a grand old flag, it's a high-flying flag, it's the emblem for me and for you. It's the emblem of the team we love, the team of the red and the blue. Oh, you know what? I know it's been a long time since we heard that in 2021, but I've had enough of it already. <laughs> you know, I enjoyed listening to three out of five years of the Tigers. I mean, that, I couldn't get enough, but all of a sudden I'm sick of that Demon song already. Geez, I tell you what, they're going to be a good side again this year, though, aren't they? They are. We, we've spoken in previous weeks about they feel you feel as though they're in the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And it's been a long time since they've been in the sweet spot. In fact, I reckon they were in the sweet spot about late 80s when this bloke, Brett Lovett, was a part of the demon side as he joins us now. Hey, Brett, how are you going? How you going there, Rob? Yeah, going really well, Brett. Hey, thanks for your time this morning. It was a, it was an enjoyable year for Demons fans last season. Did you did you get as much out of it as most Demons fans did? Um, I reckon we might have a dodgy line there, Brett. If you can stand on one leg and just tilt your head to the left, I reckon we've got a bit of a dodgy mobile phone there. Is that better? Ah, that's better. Perfect, mate. You've that's done better. well. Yeah. Yeah, you've done well. Hey, you were just saying, well, what a what a great year for Demons fans it was last year. Geez, they played some good footy. Oh, they, cer- they certainly did, yeah. they. Uh, I mean, they showed some promise there a few years ago, um, probably a little bit early for them, and they really knuckled down and, um, you know, really... Uh, Stuck to a uh, you know a team discipline of um, you know just really working hard for each other and all, all that talent come out and uh, when you can do all that you know, amazing things can happen and, and they, they they did it this year. You know what? Talking about uh, sticking at it when the chips are down and amazing things could happen. I I, ju- I just you know I always admired you from afar. Uh, I was in South Australia at the time when you were hitting your peak, but I always admired the the resilience that you showed and you know you got the opportunity to flourish 
Take us through those those early days at Hawthorne and what your, if you can, reflect back on your thinking as to where your AFL career might have gone and where it actually went to. What were the changes that happened? Yeah, well, I was. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't go through the drafting stage. We was owned there, so um, yep. you know, as a junior and that, the Hawthorne scouts, Peter Williams from down that area. Um, now, what's we play a fair bit of footy, so end up down at Hawthorne under 19s, and um, you know, just shifting from the country to the the city is a, a big challenge. Um, had um, you know some pretty good. Had a pretty good first year there in the under-19s and was able to play reserves a few times um, as, a, as a, an 18-year-old. So in the last year, pretty well played the full year in the uh, reserves um, as an under-19 player and um, we actually made the grand final. And uh, wow. we, uh, I think Des Mar was, well, Des Mar was a coach at that time and he, uh, he uh, you know, had 21 players uh, go there on the day, and uh, there was actually a big, a big whiteboard at the front of the room there, and there was a, a uh, like a blind over the top of it, and we were all changed, ready to go. And um, for the team meeting, he pulled the blind up, and, and my name happened to be not in the twenty in the twenty back in the, back in the day. So there was only yeah. twenty players back then. So yeah, so I was sort of asked just to get changed, and I just went up and sat in the stands. I remember going up there and saying, "Mum and Dad would come down to watch the game." So oh, massive disappointment. Yeah. yeah, it was yep. a massive disappointment. Yeah. But you know, when you when you look back at it, that, those things build your, your character and your resilience and that sort of stuff. So um, th- that was my last season or last season as under nineteen. So I had a meeting with Alan Jeans. So Alan Jeans asked for a meeting. Um, he was a senior coach at obviously legend Alan Jeans. He, he yep. uh, had the meeting um, you know a week later and just sort of said the club had decided that we, I didn't think I was going to be able to play league football. I had the talent, um, just wasn't um, fit enough, and you know wasn't able to play the running game that, that he wanted. So, but you know, subtle message in there to say that I had the talent, and if I really wanted enough, um, I could do it. So, unfortunately, that was a massive kick in the guts, and um, yeah, just uh, from there, I didn't really know what I was going to do. I was either going to head back to one Thaggy or you know maybe go in a state. Yeah. But as it turned out, um, uh, my uh, now wife father was uh, president of the Wimberlock at, at the time, Tony Snow, and, and the Melbourne Footy Club had had a training camp up in Wimberlock uh, the, previous, the previous year, so he had a contact down there and he, he made a phone call just sort of saying we, you know, Brett had just been cut from Hawthorne and would be prepared to have him come down and just uh, do some training, so that was basically how it happened, believe it or not, and uh, so I went down and trained there, it was John Northey's very first year at, at Melbourne. And um, he basically invited every man his dog down there because they'd come off um, the Ron Barassi era and um, just made my way through that pre-season and, and right pretty well at the last um, you know, the last week. Um, I, was, I was still were there. Um, they were sort of cutting players as as you go. Um, still there, and then uh, the club met with me and just said we we actually want to put you on their list, but we haven't got any money to pay for you. And back then it was um, you know. Paying um, paying transfer fees, so uh, we didn't. They didn't want to let Hawthorne know that they wanted me. So it was a bit of to and froing there, and in the end, they come to some agreement. And um, yeah, I was, I was put on the list a week before the start of the season, and um, sort of that was sort of how it all happened. That's how I got can to you Melbourne. Am- can you remember that feeling when you were put on Melbourne's list? What 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 was that feeling? Oh, it was just you know, it was 
you know, obviously still my dream to be playing AFL footy. Um, yeah. You know, to be able to give, be given another opportunity, having a massive uh, kick in the bum there in regards to, you know, having three years at Hawthorne and, you know, thought I'd travel on well as a young kid and you always do, but, um, you know, you get some, um, you know, some good, fo- some good coaching, good feedback um, to, to where you need to improve and, you know, definitely knuckled down um, from there and I really went away and worked on my running and I got my fitness levels, um, you know, up you know, better than ever before and, um, yeah, so I was just, um, you know, I remember when I got the news from Alan Jones, I, I virtually cried all the way home in the car, so it was just <laughs> devastating, so, but anyway, um, but certainly uh, in the long run it's, um, yeah, helped. Now, Lovey, you obviously thrived at the D's. Did, did finishing fourth in the uh, 1990 Brownlow medal count come as a bit of a surprise? Um, oh, pr- probably did. I, I think when, when you look at these days, I think I polled 15 votes to finish fourth. I reckon you would finish about 20th, 20th these days. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it works uh, these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Dusty Martin had that in the first four games, first five games <laughs> two years ago. So... Um, yeah, no, it was, um, I mean, I just had, you know, I always felt I was just a fairly consistent player and, um, you know, so um, didn't have many injuries in my time. So when you're playing 22 games and you're fairly consistent, you're going to probably pull some votes from time to time. So, yeah, it was probably surprised to finish fourth. And, um, yeah, it was certainly, um, you know, it's not one of my favourite things to be getting up there on stage and, and talking about myself, so uh, in some ways it was probably a good relief not to, not to get up, get up there. <laughs> I've and never heard a footballer say, geez, I'm glad I didn't win the Brownlow because then I don't have to talk. <laughs> yeah. and, and for the listeners yeah. who don't, the listeners who might not know, Lovey was named on the halfback flank of the VFL Team of the Year in 1988, 89 and 90 and also played six games for Victoria and as you touched on, Rob, is a member of the Melbourne Hall of Fame. Before that Brownlow medal count, two years beforehand, you lost the grand final to your old side, Hawthorne. How, how do you look back on, on that game, Lovey? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm very proud to have been able to play in a grand final. Not not many people uh, um, can say that. Um, but, you know, having, uh, having said that, it's still uh, disappointing that, you know, we're a fairly young young team at the time. Um, you know, Hawthorne were a very experienced team playing in you know, finals virtually every year. Had a, had a a fantastic side, so um, you know, my main memories are. Um, you know, I didn't actually think we played, even though I think, I think it was ninety something points at the time. But I, I didn't think we played that that poorly. That Hawthorne were just that good, and it, it seemed like it was, um, you know, three four goals every quarter to eventually end up being you know, ninety point winners. So, um, but you know, as as you work out in life, you sort of live and learn, and you, you know we learn a fair bit from that. And um, you know, unfortunately, never you know I never got the opportunity to, to play in another one. But we played um, you know, a few finals after that, and um, you know, still uh, still had a fairly good um, you know era while in the John Northey times at Melbourne. And just a quick one to the listeners who've been tuning in from the first episode, Poppy and Lovey. Peter Landy was hosting that 1988 yeah. grand final coverage. He was our first guest on Saturdays in Gippsland. Oh, Ian yeah. Robertson, one faggy Dalliston boy, was an analyst that day. Yeah. And Lovey was also uh, on the field with Hawthorne's Paul Abbott from Morwell, who kicked six in the grand final. I actually played Lovey with Paul Abbott down at Morwell Youth Club. And uh, myself, Paul Abbott and Chopper Hanley came down to have a go at Hawthorne. Thorne and 
Well, they got two out of three uh, ain't bad. I won't tell you who the bloke yeah. was missed out. So, so when you say, yeah. talking about missing out, I feel your pain at times. And that's why I reckon I admired you so much from afar because I love the way you played the game. And you, you were one of those blokes that, you know, people might say you, you, you could have got fitter and you probably thought you should have got fitter. But you were one of those blokes to ran, who ran to where the ball was going to be rather than chase the ball. And you had that uncanny ability to get the ball and use it so beautifully. And it was a, I reckon it's a skill that you... You can't teach players. You've either got the ability to, to be where the ball's going to be or, the, or they haven't. And some players have got it. And I, I just love the way you... Uh, I just love the way you played, mate. So it was it was always fantastic. How did you find that transition playing at the top level and then, you know, having a go at coaching as you did? Um, oh, I really enjoyed... Uh, yeah, I had, had three years down at one tag and a bit in the VFL and coached my son yeah. as a junior. So I, I think I'd, I'd coached for probably 20, 20 years. Um, but wow. initially, um, yeah, initially it was quite quite difficult. Um, you know, just just the uh, level of professionalism that you know we used to, and um, you know, when I was, was retiring, pretty, football was pretty well. When I retired, football was pretty well coming full time. So to go back to one peggy and um, you know have training start and you know, blow the whistle and you know six o'clock start and blokes were still wandering in from work and. <laughs> You know, or, or making phone calls saying they couldn't come to training because you know, they had to milk the cows or whatever it was. I just, you know, it t- took me a while to get my head around all that sort of stuff to understand it wasn't uh, the be all and end all. But um, yeah. you know, I certainly enjoyed that time playing with some, you know, some really good mates, um, you know, Brett Forsyth and Russell Cargill and, and, and Dino Tiziani, some really good mates down there, and, and also my brother come. Um, crossed over from Rovers at the time. So really enjoyed that and, you know, good catching up with, um, you know, people I knew from the one Peggy days and, and people that really supported me from afar while I played, uh, played AFL footy. Yeah, exactly right. And Jared Blair, who's a regular, he's now got the reins here at One Thaggy. Be proud to know that uh, I reckon they might be knocking on the door of a premiership down here in the Gippsland Latrobe League as well. So good news yeah. around, Brett. Good news all around. Hey, yeah. mate, listen, thanks for your time so much this morning. We really appreciate it. Great stories and a great background to a bloody great footballer who, you know, gave a lot to the game. Uh, thanks very much. Good on you, Brett. Thanks a lot, mate. Brett Lovett there. He grew up in Wonthag. He played junior footy, didn't he, Sam, for Inverloch? Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I love that story of him going to Hawthorne, giving all he got. But, you know, the heartbreak of having that blind pulled up on the mm. grand final day and having to get dressed and go back to the parents who had... You know, it's it's just... Yeah, it's, it's, I don't he understand. He took it all on his stride, didn't he? Yeah, well, you know, yeah. he did, but it, it bloody hurts. It, yeah, he did. Um, we will get him on again to talk about his coaching career a bit further, I reckon, because he did achieve a lot uh, yeah. in the VFL, so it'd be great to have him on again sometime soon. It would be. Hey, Saturdays in Gippsland is what you're listening to with Sam Watson and Rob Popplestone. We do it every Saturday morning between 9 and 11. We'll have some of the best sports people from this area talking sport, talking about their current and or careers of years gone by. And Brett Lovett was our special guest this morning, the Melbourne champion, a Hall of Famer. Be back talking more sport on Saturdays in Gippsland in just a moment. Yeah, big thanks to Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. And we're basically giving you an insight to Gippsland sport as a result of the support from Harvey Norman Wonthaggy. So when you get the opportunity, please support Harvey Norman, uh, who support the sports that you probably love. It's Rob Popplestone and Sam Watson talking sport. And one of the interesting things about sitting where we are is at the South Gippsland Central Times in... What, what street is this? McBride Avenue. 
We're across the road from the barber, and every Saturday morning when I get here, there's about eight to ten people waiting for a haircut. They're doing in, well. In my next life, I'm going to be a barber. I reckon I can make an absolute fortune. Uh, we're going to be back talking more sport with... Uh, we're going to be talking cricket. We're going to be talking football. We're going to be talking to a champion bloke in Bo Vernon. All that and more after this. Harvey Norman One Thaggy, your local store for computers and electrical. Free click and collect available now. Live on SEN Track, Latrobe Valley 91.9 FM. And SEN Track, Southwest Gippsland 91.3 FM. Welcome to Saturdays in Gippsland. Yeah, morning Gippsland. Welcome to a nice Saturday morning. People preparing for sport, various levels and various sports. My offside here, Sam Watson's preparing for cricket today. I am. Who are you playing for? Glenn Alvey. Who are you playing? Out from Moyarra Conwack, OMK. So, sorry, what, what, what is it? Out from Moyarra Conwack, OMK. They're one of the powerhouses. Is that right? In the LDCA. So where, where are they? Where are they? In, in, give us an indication of you know, where that town is, So, but where that region if is. If you go, Wanthaggy's here. Yeah. Uh, Wanthaggy's. Well, yeah, it's not great for the listeners, but Wanthaggy's here, Envelope's here, yep. inland a bit. Inland, sort of in a triangle from yep. Wanthaggy well, and Envelope. Yeah, well, Outram, Yarra and Conwack are actually a triangle themselves, and it's all farm farm country. Okay, so you've got a lot of farmers playing. You do, we, oh, that's you, do. what you're playing against today? And, well, I'm Glen Alvey there also uh, inland, getting out towards Archie's Creek, just out of Wanthaggy. So. You've got some decent cricketers, though. Yeah. Yeah, there's some decent cricketers that have come from here, isn't there? There certainly is. Is that, Are we going to catch up with Paul Amy right now? Yes, I think Paul is on the line. Hey, Paul, how are you going? G'day, gents. How are you? We're going okay. We're, 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 there's probably a big story breaking in this area. A guy called Sam Watson's uh, ready to take to the field uh, later this afternoon. I mean, this could be the start of something pretty special. <laughs> Who is he playing for? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm out at Glen Alvey, um, but I think that. What Rob would really uh, like to touch on is the young Wanthaggy cricketer, Jarvis Harvey, making his debut in the ones for Dandenong today. Yeah, no, it's at Shepley. Um, I've just lobbed at uh, Shepley Oval right now, and oh. uh, I think they're waiting for the they're waiting for the great Brendan McArdle uh, to do the to do the cap uh, presentation. Craig's proud proud parents are here as well. Craig, Toby uh, is a Roman Sandley, has been sucking on a ciggy. <laughs> um, anxious for the uh, young 16-year-old ahead of his debut. So um, just continues a great tradition of uh, one thaggy cricketers playing for playing for Daniel. Yeah, before we get into who some of those names are, is, is Brendan McArdle the kind of architect with, behind getting the most of the one thaggy boys down there, Paul? Do you know? Uh, when you say architect, I'm not sure. I mean, as far as I could, as far as I go back, um, Ian came down from one thaggy. And a few others followed. Um, you know, Tim Hooper uh, came next and went on to captain the club. And one stage he was a games record holder. Um, and you know, Jake Thomas is here now, and and now um, young Jarvis, and young uh, Jarvis's dad Craig did remind me that he played a few games in the thirds for Dandenong on, on, out on the back over and got away a swashbuckling fifty one day. <laughs> I, I, have a, I do have a memory of him batting there. He didn't make fifty this day. Um, so no, it's a it's a it's a terrific connection, isn't it? The one thaggy Danion on connection. 
Oh, it is. And, yeah, as you said, we've got Darren Berry, Blair Hunter, Tim Hooper, Ben Vague, Jacob Thomason, now Jarvis Harvey. Who, who, where, do, where does Jarvis sit amongst those in terms of exciting prospects, Paul? Do you think he can go really far with his cricket? Well, he's only 16. I mean, he um, had a look at his stats this morning. He took about, six, took about 16, 16 or 17 wickets. Um, hasn't taken a bag. He's played some Dowling. He's played some seconds. But Warren Ayres, the coach, um, you know, has a, has a high regard for his ability. Then uh, on sort of in a rebuilding phase, and um, and uh, they've, they've taken the, the time to blood a few young cricketers this season. Sam, I'm actually next to the great Gary Davidson, the Dandenong president, um, and he, I'll, get, I'll get him on the on the on the line, mate, to say yeah, a, for sure. a couple of about um, about young Jarvis. I'll, I'll put Dave on. Hello, Gary. How are you going? Yes, how are you going? Yeah, good, thank you, mate. Thank you very much for joining the show at uh, late notice, I, I presume. <laughs> but we were just speaking to Paul about the one thaggy connection to Dandenong, Matt, and with uh, Jarvis making his debut. What what are your thoughts on the on the one thaggy cricketers that have made their way down to Shepley Oval? Oh, look, we've been pretty fortunate. We've had some uh, outstanding cricketers, uh, also outstanding people come from uh, come from Montaggy. So uh, it's great that the tradition continues with with young Jarvis, um, as Ames said. You know, Tim Hooper and, and guys like that, and Jacob Thomas have come from there and um, been outstanding servants for the career club. So we're hoping that Jarvis does the same and uh, enjoys his debut today. Yeah, a lot of excitement about the club when you get some new blood, especially new talented blood. And I reckon it's a really crucial stage for a young 16-year-old to be surrounded by the right people. And if they are, you know, then making that next step is all the easier. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, they need guidance um, when they come in. They're raw. They're uh, impressionable. And, uh, and if they get the right guidance at the start, it just uh, puts them in good stead for the rest of their career. Yeah, and we're pretty it, lucky, you know. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, it, yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, take us a, give us a bit of a background to the club and, and how they nurture young talent through because it's a, it's a well-respected uh, club for what they can do for cricket. Yeah, it is, it is. Look, we, we've, we've been really fortunate over the, the last 30 years that uh, we've been at the Dandenong Cricket Club to have some outstanding cricketers like Darren Pattinson, James Pattinson, Peter Siddle, Jarvis's uncle Ian Harvey, Cam White. Um, so, so we we just try and create an environment where they can go out and express themselves as cricketers. Basically, um, we've good mentoring with, with people like you know Brett Forsyth, Tom Donald. Uh, we've had Brendan McArdle over the years, Darren Dempsey, just to name a few. It's been uh, it's been a pretty good breeding ground. Now, Gary mentioned Brett Forsyth there. That's not the same Brett Forsyth that Brett Lovett mentioned okay. earlier in the no, show. No, the no. listeners who don't want to be con- uh, confused, uh, Brett Forsyth from One Thaggy backs himself as a good batsman, but he's certainly nowhere near as good as Brett Forsyth from Dandenong, who just <laughs> churns out 100, churns out centuries for fun. But you mentioned Peter Siddle there, Gary. It sounds like yeah. he's going to retire from the Big Bash next year. Another Gippsland boy. Uh, yeah. Do you think? He, do you think he'll be? Uh, involved at, at Dandenong uh, in the future, or, or will he move into something at state level? Um, look, we'd love him to be involved, and he'd love the Dandenong Cricket Club, and he, he said if the opportunity arises, he would, he would come back. Um, 
but you know his uh, his growth over the last three or four years as a leader um, amongst the Adelaide strikers and whatnot has been exceptional. So uh, I can see him, you know, going to, to higher stakes than uh, than the Danny on Cree Club, but we'd certainly welcome him back with open arms. Yeah. Well, we, we caught up with Cameron White last week and, uh, you know, he, he was always a talented type, but I reckon he, like a lot of people from Dandenong, you know, you talk about environment, he, he, he seemed to grow, he seemed to grow very quickly and he obviously had those, you know, leadership qualities as well. So all credit to you, mate, and all credit to the Dandenong Cricket Club for, for, I reckon, for making better people as well as better cricketers, because I think they go hand in hand to being great sportsmen. Oh, that's right. It's the environment they come into that, that can guide them, that can guide them uh, along the way, you know, in, in the right direction at the start. So it's vital. So we're just sitting in the ground. We're just about to do the uh, cap presentation for Jarvis. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. We'll let you go, Gary. Thank you very much for joining the show. Thanks, you don't worry. Uh, I'll let Paul know thanks very much we really enjoyed Paul so much uh, but we've got to uh, go to a break as well so thanks for your time good on you thanks guys good on you fellas well done there that's a good get for a well done to Paul and to Gary as well as they're just about to make the cap presentation to 16 year old Jarvis Harvey Jarvis Jarvis I should say for making his uh, first 11 debut for Dandenong in the Vic Premier League so that's going to happen today. Yeah, yeah. He, sh- he should go well. He can get them down very quickly, young Jarvis. I wouldn't want to face him. No, no, no. I wouldn't want to face you. I don't, uh, yeah. I cricket's, don't cricket's not one issues. of my strengths. <laughs> hey, a quick break. You're listening to Saturdays in Gippsland, Sam Watson and Rob Popplestone talking sport. We'll be doing it until 11 o'clock this morning. We do it every Saturday morning from 9 till 11. And thanks to Harvey Norman Wonthaggy, we'll be back talking more sport, this time focusing in on the Yarram Football Club. Morning, Gippsland. Yeah, Rob Popplestone, Sam Watson, Talking Sport, as we do every Saturday morning, as we mentioned. Every time we get the opportunity between 9 and 11, talking some of the uh, some of the movers and shakers in sport in our area. Earlier we caught up with Ben Ainsworth, who uh, grew up in Morwell and is currently playing in the Gold Coast. The Suns having a good win yesterday, Sammy, over Port Adelaide. They did. A yep. really good result. And just a few moments ago, we caught up with Brett Lovett, the Melbourne champion. Didn't make it at Hawthorne. Uh, cut from the Hawks by Alan Jeans in that mid-80s when they had a... Geez, they had an amazing side. Probably one of the great sides of AFL ever. Yep. Probably. Uh, but he went on to be a Hall of Famer at Melbourne and got within a B's back leg of winning a premiership only to be beaten by Hawthorne mm. in uh, in the uh, late 80s. And he came fourth on a Brownlow medal in it's 1990. Yeah, unbelievable effort. I tell you what, I'd really like this uh, this footy side, Yarram. And I, I was wondering how they were going to go last year when they played Geelong North. Now, I've got an association with the Mid-Gippsland Football Netball League. And we were saddened to lose the Bombers, because, or the Jets as they're now known, because yes, they're such a good side. And when they went over to play Yarram, secretly, given that they left Mid-Gippsland, I thought, geez, I hope, I hope Yarram can have the edge on them. They didn't. Now, I hear that Yarram were pretty dirty on being beaten by Geelong North and They'll be ready to bounce back, given the opportunity this year. And uh, from the Yarram Football Club, Anthony Rodahan is on the line now. Anthony, how are you going? Yeah, g'day Rob and Sam, and g'day to everyone listening today. Uh, yeah, the Yarram Footy Club's been a, a really good footy club for a long period of time, and your Law North uh, are a pretty good club as well. What were your thoughts about the, the now Jets when you faced them last year? Yeah, they're very, very well uh, well. Well, well, they're well organised club, and their yep. their team's certainly well well schooled, and um, 
disciplined and, and very talented. They've got you know a good range of players across the field. So yeah, they're a good outfit, and um, yeah. you've always expected a good a good tussle with them. Yeah, no question. How about uh, you guys? How you're looking for season 2022? Yeah, look, it's been a bit tricky this year, Rob and Sam, with uh, um, trying to get blokes back on the park, and after a couple of years that have been pretty, you know, disappointing for, in lots of lots of ways. So, and um, a couple of our boys have, have stepped up to play high level footy, which uh, I think you know two or three have gone across to Terrelgan, and there's a couple. Um, oh, Bodie, Bodie Motten has gone to play. Uh, he's got a contract with North Adelaide, so oh, uh, in okay. the Sandful. Yeah. So he's a big loss. <clears throat> um, but we've also got some great kids, and um, you know, a really some, some really strong families that uh, might be a bit more of a, a rebuilding year for Yarram this year. But we still expect to be very competitive and, and be out there having a crack and playing the the Jets on Good Friday again this year in the in the twilight match. So that's going to be a big event down here yeah. in Yarram. Oh, that'll be huge. Yeah, you said it's been tough over the past couple of years, Anthony, like like everyone else. And the AFL have recently come out and said that they will be helping support country football by um, alleviating some of the overhead fees that have, that clubs have had to fork out in the past. What what did you make of the AFL's statement to club presidents the other day? Yeah, look, it's really refreshing. And, uh, you know, after years of being in administration with, you know, the VCFL prior to AFL taking over the running of you know, country country footy, it's just fantastic. You know, and uh, they've uh, they've waived a lot of our, our costs in terms of insurance and and uh, registration and so on. And as well, you know, they're listening listening to clubs. They're trying to help you develop volunteer base, which is always a big thing, and uh, supporting us to to try to get more trainers, which is also another challenge in in uh, for country footy teams to have qualified trainers out there looking after. Your, your footballers and netballers and it is you know as someone who's been around for probably too long it's um it's really good to see that uh they're responsive to and interested in grassroots footy yeah you, you got the feeling for a while there there was a disconnect didn't you between afl and you know regional football clubs but i reckon this shows that there's a sign that they appreciate the sort of work that gets done and i'm hoping it's the first stage in building a, a better relationship yeah, absolutely. You know, we're such a strong feeder of the of the you know the, the the elite leagues of football, and they really need to invest in it because uh, you know we're, we're their lifeblood, and it's great that they're recognising that. I, I really feel, you know, 15 years ago the, the the politics of football and the VCFL were really poor for for country football leagues and teams, and not much foresight, not much long term vision, and this is a really you know positive change in my mind. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's, it's going to be, and I think you mentioned uh, you, you're going through the same experience as a lot of clubs in this particular region are, all, all leagues in Gippsland, North Gippsland, Mid Gippsland, even Gippsland, Latrobe, getting the numbers on the track after that two-year hiatus, for want of a better description, ha- has proven to be a little bit harder than most thought. You know, I, I think a lot of people have been distracted by uh, by other things, and that, that might be just spending time with family and friends. Yeah, well, and, and even young blokes last year, we didn't look like having a third side, you know, because they get out of the habit after a couple of years and um, they find other things to do. And I guess, Rob, as you'd know, being involved in footy for a while, life, lifestyle has changed a bit. People work on different yeah. different shifts, different, you know, they work on weekends and uh, and so on. And it uh, certainly impacts on, on their ability. We have, 
quite a few netballers and footballers that sort of can't commit to every game. And, um, you know, it's always a challenge then to juggle your selections and, and try to keep, you know, get the team really up and going. So, yeah, it's, uh, significant challenges for us in, at the moment trying to, to jumpstart our, our footy club and netball club. Is there anything else that springs to mind about what the AFL can work on to help country football clubs, Anthony? Look, I think, um, you know, the, the idea around supporting us with volunteers, I, I did the volunteer management course at the AFL run, and it's a really good way to um, advise you on how to attract people. You know, often footy clubs are run by about half a dozen people that do about 25 mm-hmm. jobs, and uh, <laughs> trying to spread that load um, keeps keeps people, you know, we love doing it, but if, you, if you're doing 25 jobs every fortnight, you know, uh, it starts to wear thin after five or six years and um, you need to refresh yourself and, um, you know, spread the load. And the AFL, were really that's a really good course to do. It helps you um, identify people and support them to do, do, do a job in your club and, you know, just spread that load. And I think that's a really good initiative too. Yeah, exactly. And as much as uh, volunteers don't do it for recognition, it is good to recognise volunteers and for them to feel as though what they're contributing is of value and he's and in, he's recognised. I know they don't do it for recognition, but it is nice to recognise them. Absolutely. And um, some of the tips they give you, you know, just give them one job, tell them that's the only job you've got to do and check in on them and also show them how to do the job or write it down and say, this is what, all you've got to do. You won't be able to do anything else. And they, they're not too scared that they're going to end up holding everything. Uh, they've only got their one job to come every week and do and they know what it is and they know you're going to check in and support them. And it's, uh, yeah. you know, simple advice, but it's a way to get, get people helping. Yeah, exactly. Well, I hope that the springboard uh, into the season starts with that great game between your lawn, your lawn North. And I reckon that's on, is that Good Friday? Yeah, it is Good Friday, yeah. but it's actually round two. Um, so oh, okay. We will have we'll have a game first, and then um, and then we play, and then the the rest of the league catches up um, the week after Easter. So they who have you got first there, up? So. Who have you got first up, Anthony? I think we might have Woodside, our you know oh. friendly local rivals. Jeez, oh. I tell you what, that first fortnight basically sets up what the season's going to look like, isn't it? Like they're two toughies. Yeah, yeah, my I, word. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. Yeah, we need to be uh, need to be on our medal for both of those games. Yeah, good on you, mate. Hey, listen, thanks for the time this morning, Anthony. Good luck to you and the no, club in 2022. Yeah, good on you, boys, and yeah, good luck to all of our clubs that are getting up and about and trying, you know, getting themselves set up for the year. And you know, there, it is a challenge. So um, I hope, hope everyone's going all right. Good on you, mate. Very Anthony well Rodahan, yeah, from Yarram Football Club. And, you know, that is a really good opportunity, that uh, round two game, as Anthony pointed out, between themselves and the Jets. Uh, it builds, it brings the whole community together because it is a big occasion and it is a perfect uh, fixture for mm. the North Gippsland Football Netball League to have that particular game at that particular venue. Looking at the uh, North Gippsland Football Netball League last season, there was some powerhouse clubs, but it seemed pretty even at the top. It Seen yeah. the top five sides could could almost beat anybody on their day. Yeah, and and that's a sign of a good club. And you know, them like uh, a lot of leagues. You know, there's been words, there's been a bit of whisper that maybe their reserves look at 16 mm-hmm. uh, players aside and only three on the bench just to assist in numbers. Now, whether there's anything to that, I don't know. I guess time will tell. But I just hope that uh, when people get the taste of country footy, community mm-hmm. footy again. 
that they'll uh, remember of all the good times that you can have being associated either football or netball with your local club and your local community. So, yeah, good luck to all clubs, as uh, Anthony pointed out. A, a quick break, back with Bo Venner. Looking forward to catching up with Bo. I'm going to talk about the AFL cracking down on umpire abuse and we'll get an update and normally with Bo we'll talk about things that we don't even know we're going to talk about <laughs> until we start talking about them and we're going to do that after this. <laughs> yeah, morning again Gippsland, not long to go in the fourth period as I would say <laughs> of uh, Saturdays in Gippsland, Rob Popplestone and Sam Watson. I uh, hope you're enjoying the show for those who have just tuned in. Ben Ainsworth from Morwell joined us, he's now with the Gold Coast Suns and Brett Lovett, the Melbourne champion, was also one of our guests. We just got off the line to Yarram Football Club's Anthony Rodahan who spoke about the D's and their season in 2022. They're like most teams, any sporting team in, uh, in anywhere in Australia. Looking forward to getting back to something like normal and we'll catch up with Bo Vernon as well shortly. Uh, interesting just to hear in the news there that John Landy, one of the greats of uh, Australian athletics, passed away at the age of 91. Yeah, he, he, was, uh, he was in a hot race at one stage uh, with another bloke from England to break the four-minute mile many years ago. Yeah, he was the second man ever to do it and was the first Australian to do it, so... Obviously, a tragic loss, but it was 91, so good innings. From yeah, John. it is. Nice little innings. You know, it's amazing how the mentality of athletes change because at, at, at that stage, I remember that they feel they were feeling as though it was physically impossible for athletes to break that four-minute mile. You know, the, the, the capacity of a, of a runner to break that, they didn't think it was humanly possible. Now they they do it in practice runs these days. That athletes of all sorts of... Uh, have developed, but John Landy and Herb Elliott and Ron Clark. We had a we had a period there in the 60s where we were just uh, or 50s and 60s where we were just you know shining lights. We were we were unbelievable middle distant runners, and Australia is starting to show glimpses of that again. You know, I think we saw a bit of that in uh, Tokyo. Peter Ball. Yeah, yeah, he was fantastic. He's Sudanese born, I think, from yes, memory. And, but he was, so. he was such a great ambassador for Australian athletics. And it's amazing the Sudanese community of starting to pop up great uh, footballers, mm-hmm. athletes, netballers, as they sort of integrate into the Australian community. And, man, we're blessed to have some of the uh, great athletes. So, Ollie Hoare, another Australian middle distance runner yeah. that uh, competed in the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. So yeah. he's another one to keep an eye on over the next few years. Yeah, exactly right. Hey, um, Novak Djokovic, a lot was made of... Novak over the Australian Open period. He uh, played in Dubai, mm. but now it looks as though he won't be going to the US. So he's sort of dancing around where he can and where he can't okay. go at the moment. What, what about uh, what about speaking of tennis, Alexander Alexander Zverev's actions uh, throughout the week? I'm really disappointed in him. He he, he he was one of my. I actually went to see him play yep. at the Australian Open. He was sort of uh, tipped to be the next big thing. Mm. And He's with uh, Pass and yeah. uh, that kind of next generation. Yeah, exactly right. But he showed a bit of a weakness in his character, I reckon. Um, as much as I, I really admire the guy, I, I just don't get that sort of behaviour. But you know what? Uh, if you see what Medvedev was like at the Australian Open, if you see like Kyrgios is like at the Australian Open, if you let that sort of behaviour infiltrate mm. the game, guess what? It doesn't get better. 
it gets worse. And, and, ten, you've, and yeah. you've got to nail it straight away. And it probably – we come back, and we're going to be talking to Bo Vernon uh, before the end of the show about the AFL cracking down on behaviour towards umpires. And it's this exact reason why you need to have fairly – firm framework around player behaviour. You don't need to go overboard, but you do. There needs to be consequences for inappropriate action, and that is way over the line. That's that's uh, bordering on a, a charge. Well, a, a, like... mate, you know, the, the, we all get frustrated. I yeah. get that. Now, I might get frustrated with you, but if I start hitting you overhead mm. with this chair I'm sitting on, I expect you to go to the police. Yeah. It, uh, um, you know, you, tennis, you can't do that. Tennis is notoriously soft on their players that do uh, have issues like that, and the fine, simply fining uh, them, does nothing. I mean, you find five thousand, you find ten, you find thirty thousand. It's ashtray money for them. It is. You know, you give them a three-month, a six-month suspension. It shakes them to their core. They lose sponsors. They lose opportunities. Mm. They lose competitive what, what advantage. Do you, what do you think Zverev should should get for those actions? Well, it has to be a it has to be a suspension from the game. For surely, how long? I, I'd be thinking three months minimum. Mm-hmm. I, I'd be thinking three months minimum. Uh, six months wouldn't surprise me, but three months minimum. You can't be smashing your racket on the. On the umpire's chair. He was centimetres away from, from the umpire's feet. It's just ridiculous. It's, it shows an arrogance that actually really disappoints me in, in a bloke that I thought more of. Uh, and uh, it's, I know it's irrelevant, really, when it's happening no matter what, but it was a meaningless doubles game in Acapulco. It, and that's, you know, I'd be happy just to be in Acapulco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd you take know, that. I just... I, look, I... As a kid, you know, I I was a bit of a racket thrower, you know, through my early teenage years. But then you just realise, hey, listen, mm. grow up, yep. dope. Just grow up. These blokes are multi, multi-millionaires, making more out of tennis through sponsorship than what they do through tennis. And it's not a great representation to their sponsors. Yeah, and the kids that they're supposed to be role models for. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't like that whatsoever. So... Yeah, that was a disappointing week. So, look, tennis, is, tennis has been blessed with champions uh, over the last few decades. Well, probably all throughout the history of the game, you know. We've all appreciated the skills of the court. And, and, and I used to love... I don't mind people having a bit of a tantrum. You know, John mm-hmm. McEnroe was a perfect example. You sort of watched tennis for two reasons. One, he was brilliant to watch. Yep. Uh, but two, you're never sure what you're going to get. Um and he probably crossed the line as well. But these young kids are just, they're bringing it to another level. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm not sure that they've got the courage, the uh, sporting body to... Yeah, we'll see what happens. To, to make a stand. But yeah, we will see what happens. Uh, what's going to happen now, I can tell you with certainty, is we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back with a great man, Bo Vernon. Yeah, morning Gippsland. Saturdays in Gippsland it is with Rob Popplestone and Sam Watson talking sport. A really enjoyable show. I hope you've enjoyed it uh, with your ears as much as we've enjoyed it with our mouths over the last two hours. Uh, Bo Vernon's our next guest. We've got a bit going on in AFL. We've had a, a week where we've spoken about the standing on the mark and not moving. And uh, we've had a week where AFL have already put out a warning to all players that uh, any back chat towards umpires won't be tolerated and... We've also chatted, Sam and I, about the amount of rule changes that AFL have uh, year in and year out compared to other sports because it's, um, it's been an interesting decade of changes for AFL football. There's been a heck of a, a, heck of a lot of them. 
Uh, I'd also like to catch up with our next guest, Bo Vernon, because last night, Phillip Island played a pracking match. And I know they played a pracking match because riding on a note in front of me is Sam Watson. He said that Phillip Island played. Liam Gather last night, was it? Against both old team. As Bo Vernon joins us right now. Hey, Bo, how are you going? Hey, fellas. Hey, Sam. Hey, Rob. How are you going? Uh, yeah, going okay. How, how are you going? How did it go last night? Uh, yeah, it went really well. We, um, yeah, we went in with a yeah, very undermanned side, but um, I was so, so proud of um, the boys and everyone that everyone that played and, and whatnot. Liam Gath gave us a little bit of a touch-up. Um, I'd love to play them when we're, we're full strength and they're full strength. So I reckon it'd be a great... Great game, um, but yeah, we're, we're pretty undermanned. But uh, I was I was so pumped with the with the way um, some of our um, some of our players went. So it was good good fun and, and yeah, it's a cracky game. I think more of a social sort of game. Um, yeah. Ben Samarlin, uh great bloke, coach of coach of Inverloch, uh Thought yeah, you know, we've got done three pre seasons and we've played what 10, 11 games um, over you know that period of time. Um, they just break up pre-season with a, a couple of games. So we, we played two and, uh, you know, Inblock played four. A couple of other teams one played one or two each sort of thing. So it's been good fun. Yeah, it has. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting this time of the year. We just caught up with uh, Anthony Rodahan from Yarra and he was saying just getting numbers on the track at this time of the year has been difficult. Are you having that same issue at Phillip Island, Bo? Um. No, not not necessarily. We've definitely had a few blokes that, you know, don't they 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 like footy, but they don't you know live and breathe it. Maybe yep. just uh, dragging their heels a little bit. But the last um, three four weeks, uh, probably since about yeah start of Feb, we had a we had a bit of a get together meeting slash you know just have a chat about culture and stuff like that. And since that meeting has been. Probably the best three weeks of training I've ever had at this time of year, which um, has been it's been the most enjoyable and fun, and everyone buying in and having a good time. So, it's, yeah, the last three weeks have been amazing, which yeah has lifted me big time to be honest. And I yeah, thought, no, yeah. yeah, with so much training um, over the last few years and not many games, I was wondering how it would go with preseason. But yeah, it's been it's been enjoyable. You know what, I can sense it in your voice too, Bo, uh, of all the times we've spoken to you over the last couple of months. I, I can sense the excitement and, and the satisfaction you're getting in just getting in, in seeing your boys out there playing footy again. And you sort of alluded to the fact that you've probably got a lot of young guys that had an opportunity last night. To take us through some of the names yeah. that you were pleased with. Um, yeah, well, I don't want to individualise no, no, too much. Yeah. So, um... Will, Will Taylor, he's had a pretty tough trot over the last few years and um, uh, yeah, probably dropped, dropped out of school when he was 14. Um, was playing Gippsland Power, I think, under 15s or a game there where Gibby Power was like, oh, this kid's amazing. And then he, um, yeah, dropped out of school and probably lost his way a little bit. And mm-hmm. He's, yeah, probably not one I thought would be you know, a potential ones player and he ended up kicking... You know, three goals for us last night and just competed really well and it just makes me feel good. It's um, yeah, being good a boat that uh, maybe hasn't been going as, you know, um, going down the right line and, and the way he's going right now is, you know, real credit to himself. Um, 
yeah, to turn things around. So that that was oh, that that was, that's probably me highlight. Um, yeah, and then and then some other blokes that have you know never had the opportunity to play with the likes of you know say a Jamie Yule or a Mark Griffin or Daniel Pearce, um, you know uh, Harry O'Brien, Kirby Fuller. Um, oh, sorry, not Harry O'Brien, Harry Anderson. Um, yeah, there there's some blokes that are um, yeah just love watching them go about it. So yeah. And just quickly before we get on to what we were hoping to talk to you about today, but who who have you got lined up in the other practice matches? Oh, we've got Wani on a Friday night. So we've played them over the last few years and been, been some good hit-outs. And then we've got a, um, Moe as as well wow. the week before round round one. So, Geez, that's, a, like. that's a few good games for you, Bo. Like they're, they're all quality opposition. Yeah, I don't... I'm not... Uh, yeah, Gippsland League's overrated, I reckon. Lee and Gaffer uh, are a phenomenal side, and outside them, I reckon our league competes pretty well against yeah. the Gippsland League, to be honest. Um, yeah, uh, I think, um, yeah, no offence to Gippsland League, but probably no. overrated in my opinion. Okay. And, and is, that part of the, is that part of the reason Is that part of the reason you went to Phillip Island? Do you feel as though that was an, a step up or...? Nah, 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 nah. I went there, uh, fam- family reasons, travel, yep. travel reasons, and then, yeah, I'm a part of the Philmont Pond community and um, where I grew up and where my roots are and, and where I live. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, just, just it was, that was one of the toughest decisions for me yeah. to leave Langa because you could see the juniors coming through and the great leaders in Tommy Marriott and Cade Maskell and... Um, these yeah. type of blokes that are around the club and going far. This is sustained success for a number of years, and Mal Mackey's done an awesome job, awesome job with that. But yeah, so it was hard to leave, but uh, it was more mostly family and and travel reasons, and and then yeah. So, but we're, we were touching on before the AFL are cracking down on umpire abuse this season from from players. How how do you tell your players to approach dealing with the umpires on the field? Yeah, we we want to. Yeah, we we don't want to back chat at all. Like, I think, um, yeah, in the heat of a moment of the AFL, um, umpires are paid, and I think you know you're right to maybe say, um, yeah, like, oh, you know, just nothing abusive, nothing personal, but just you know, question a decision. But again, at local league, we, you know, all right, fair enough. And and play play on, especially you know, we want young young folks that or young people that are maybe not into playing footy, um, umpiring the game and being involved. And if they're feeling intimidated, it's going to deter people from from doing that. And um, yeah, we want we need umpires to to play the game. So I'm I'm all for it. And and yeah, our communication with the boys is just it doesn't help help anyone. And a big one is is your bench as well. I, mm. I see so many teams where they're the bench yells out about a decision or something like that. And, um, yeah, if you're near me and you're yelling out, like, yeah, I won't be too happy. Wouldn't be too happy with it. What about yourself, Bo? Do you allow you yourself yeah, you to get, get animated? Em- you get very emotional, Bo, or not? Um, when I watch uh, Richmond play, I get very emotional. <laughs> uh, as, a coach, as a coach, I feel I'm pretty... Uh, yeah, Lucy's like, how do you coach? Um, or how do you coach when, you know, I'm in front of... The- Green uh, TV, yelling at the TV, and uh, as coach, I feel I'm I'm pretty composed. I'm pretty composed with it. Yeah. Uh, are you a Richmond man, are you? 
Yeah. yeah I, uh, I was wondering why I like you. Good on you, Bo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what, about, uh, what about getting uh, animated with your players, Bo? Do you ever feel the need to give them a bit of a spray or are you mainly pretty calm and composed at most uh, quarter-time breaks and after games? Yeah, no, nah, not, not one to really give a spray at all. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe um, some people... Yeah, need a bit of... Yeah, I wouldn't have thought I'd give him barely a spray at all. Uh, is, is, is it? Do you think it's Do you think it's in your nature to be able to give sprays or you just choose not to do it? That's uh, a good point. I'll probably... Probably back in the day, I reckon I, I probably could have. But yeah, no, I <laughs> think it's too much in my, in my nature now. And uh, you probably... Your coach go, well, what's the... What are you trying to get out of it? And a lot of the time, yelling is just the... Uh, make yourself feel better but it doesn't actually do the do any good for the players so um yeah you need to sort of go question yourself and go oh, what what would be the reason of that um yeah probably haven't given a spray since um half time of 2017 grand final to me brother <laughs> i reckon Bo, too becoming a father uh learning your place as a husband uh you learn to sometimes Shut your mouth and just move on. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to win this argument. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Hey, hey, listen, another one that we've been talking about during the course of the uh, week is this standing still on the mark. Uh, as a Richmond supporter, I felt that pretty frustrating during the course of 2021. Um, I don't know. It won't go away, but unfortunately it looks like we're going to have to put up with it again. Yeah, um, so you're not you're not a fan of it, Rob? No, nah, look, I'm I'm not, I, and I understand what they're trying to get, but I just find it frustrating when the the player with the ball in hand is playing on, and the player on the mark is looking at the umpire and looking at the player and saying, "Come on, call it, call it. I need to move." Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm actually a, I'm actually a fan of the rule. I don't, you I don't are. Think it helps yeah. Me. I don't think it helps Richmond because we're we're very good at um, yeah. yeah we're so diligent and so good at those little things like guarding a mark and making sure we're covering the corridor and not allowing teams. So I think I think twenty twenty one footy season was a, was a great season the AFL um, spectacle and and to watch and um, yeah I think it opens up the game more and allows teams to score more like in twenty twenty I know the. Um, in the AFL, the quarters were lessened, the 16 minutes instead of 20 plus time on. But in the last quarter, if you're winning, you've pretty much won the game. You can just lock it down and shut it down. Where um, This year, you could come from behind late in, uh, late in games, and a little bit might have been to do with um, the stand-the-mark rule and open it up a, a little bit more, and maybe def- defences can't press up as high because, um, you know, if you do hit that one in the corridor, then... You know, you expose out the back. So um, I thought it made for a more free-flowing game and, um, you know, easier to score quicker at times. Uh, yeah. yeah, I haven't got the stats on those things, but that was that was my thoughts on it. Oh, good on you, mate. I'll pay a bit more attention to it this year. Hey, Bo, we're running out of time, so we're going to keep moving, but look forward to chatting with you in the weeks ahead as you prepare for Pracky Games against Wonthaggy and also Moey. Good on you, mate. Nah, good on you, lad. Have a good one. Well done, Bo Vernon there, the coach of Phillip Island. A break. You're listening to Saturdays in Gippsland. I had a terrible night in the punt last night. I was uh, co-hosting alongside the great man, uh, Damien Watson, Friday night. I, I came in basically for the back nine uh, from 8 o'clock till 11 o'clock. I reckon I tipped one winner in three hours. 
How much did it pay? Three dollars thirty. Wow. <laughs> Dollar an hour. <laughs> it was. It wasn't much. Uh, the poor people that were listening, I hope they weren't following my tips. In the end, I reckon about halfway through, I said, "Listen, anyone listening, whatever I tell you, just put a line straight through it." How did uh, How did the great man? Damian he went Watson okay. Go? Yeah, he, he got a couple of nice winners. I think he tipped one there at twelve to one uh, oh, in nice. that time as well. We didn't play a lot of music that recognises the winners we got. So. Anyway, we live to fight another day. I'm hoping that Revolutionary Miss will win the Blue Diamond tonight. If that wins, if that filly wins by Snowden, you know I'm back on board. If what, it doesn't... What about uh, Cam Luke's number one horse, I'm Thunderstruck? Yeah, well, I think it needs the right tempo today, but um, I won't be putting my money on it. Okay. I'm going to back Mwanga. Yep. Uh, you, you don't have a flutter too much, do you? Oh, I might have one today. Yeah, okay. I'm going to be listening to the boys yep. on SEN to They're see what the they... Berwick Springs Hotel today. Yeah, it'll be Miles, a good day. Miles. Uh, Doggy. Ta- Campbell. Uh, David, no, yes, Campbell. Yep. David Taggart and Paddy Garshagan. It'll be a great afternoon in the Berwick Hotel. Make sure you tune in.